It's August 28, 2011, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. It's the end of the summer already, August 28th. Oh my goodness. My goodness. When did that yeah, happen? Yeah, the kids are already back at school down here. Yes, and the school zones are active. Oh, Yay. joy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the whole the whole feeling of traffic changes once that school oh, I know, thing completely. goes back? Yeah. Completely. Especially that, that teaser week right before school starts when everyone's getting their last minute vacations and suddenly the roads are clear and right. then it's not. <laughs> right. And then it's like, oh, happy day, gridlock. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, here we are. It's the end of August and we've got one month left in this quarter, which seems really strange. So in we're this in the quarter? Quarter, we're the third quarter of the business cycle. You think about it. One week left, not one month. No, we got one month left. September? September's the last last of the quarter. Last of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Laura doesn't keep the books, so she's not really tuned into oh, it as well. That must be it. That's it. You're thinking thirds. She's thinking thirds. I'm talking There's quarters. four quarters? What? Yes, imagine that. Four quarters. You talk about quarters and I'll start thinking sports or something like that. Well, at least you're not thinking beer games. True. That's probably a different podcast. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, but it's the last <laughs> It's the last month. Like we're coming up on the last month and the quarter. So one quarter left for the year for business, which seems really odd. But yeah, it's just going by so fast. So. so here we are. So here we are. And so with that theme, we're going to talk a little bit about business and what to do with that last quarter. Yeah, since you know it's your last quarter of the year, you got to make it your best quarter. That's right. Well, and especially in architecture, we find that, that towards the end of the year, especially when we get into the holidays, it seems like everything slows down. Everything slows down quite a bit, actually. Well, for most, a lot of firms, I guess small firms mostly, but, yeah. you know, the last week in December... Well, nobody's in the office. It's right. Well, and yeah, nobody's in the office. But then also your clients, especially if you're doing residential work, nobody wants to rip up their house when they've got to get ready for Thanksgiving and exactly. Christmas and Hanukkah and, and holidays. It's, yeah. Yes. Merry Christmas. So, We're camping out in a tent in the backyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't mind the turkey over a spit, do you? Yeah, That's not great. at all. Right. So, yeah, so things slow down. So the idea being that we would like to talk about ways to get a little bit of momentum now in these last few months before things typically slow down so that maybe you won't feel the slowdown. Right. And even better than come January, you'll have that momentum to keep going into the new year. You won't have to kind of jump start your business development once things get back to normal. Yeah. So. Well, so we wanted to call this podcast Keeping Your Head Out of the Sand When Things Get Busy because I think as architects, we, we tend to... I don't know, we tend to. I guess we tend to, actually. We really do. Mm-hmm. If we get busy, we tend to turn everything else off. We don't care about business development. We don't care about marketing. We don't care about networking. We have a project in front of us, and we just want to do nothing but that project. In fact, um, one of Laura's... I'm trying to think what to call her. Oh, um, fellow board member. There one we go. of our design organizations. Yeah, yeah, she was telling me that she was so excited that she had a new project in the office that she was working with this new big client. It was going to be a a long-term project, uh, probably six or eight months, and she was just thrilled because it meant she didn't have to worry about marketing 
for a while. She hated those little short projects because it meant she had to worry about what she was going to do after one finished. But with this long one, it was great because yeah, <laughs> she didn't have to worry about networking or marketing or right. all that other. And you sit around for four, five, six, eight months working on this project and don't pay any attention to it, and suddenly, oh, wait a minute, it's done, and now I have to start yeah. marketing all over again. Now what? Yeah, we, we sort of think of it as that kind of on-off cycle for business development. And I think for a lot of, especially if you're a small firm, you get really good at it because you get a project and you work and you work and you work and you work, and suddenly you don't have that project anymore, and now you're back to trying to figure out, okay, where's, where's the next project coming from? How many RFQs do mm -hmm. I have to answer? Who can I find to, to give me work? And there's a real downside to doing it that way because... You know, there's a stress associated with it, not just for a firm owner if you're the firm owner, mm -hmm. but you've also got all the employees. I mean, I can't imagine really working that way. Yeah, well, back in the day when things were busy, you really didn't have to worry about it too much. It was, um, you know, something was kind of winding down and, and, oh, magic, you know, another one pops in the door and, okay, well, let's just pick up where we left off and mm -hmm. keep going. But lately it's we've had to work at keeping our name out there and and finding those projects that are out there and so it does it is kind of changed the way we've we've had to approach things right and if you're sitting in an office and suddenly the project's finished and you're you're the employee and you're sitting there going well, what am i doing today right oh do i have a job left right i mean that's that sort of just on again off again kind of Stress is the panic and the, you mm -hmm. know, oh, yay, we're busy. Oh, we got a project. Yay, I get a paycheck again. And then you're starting back on that cycle. So we're trying to you know, get people around that idea that you need to sort of keep it a little more balanced and mm -hmm. do a little more. Well, and as we were just talking about traffic picking up with school, getting back in session, it made me think of the stop and go and how your gas mileage goes down if you're revving up and then slowing down and then revving up and slowing down. Whereas if you can keep kind of a constant, steady less start and stop speed mm -hmm. you've got much better gas mileage so sure. it's the same idea with business and it's a whole lot less stressful on you and your car and you and your business if right. you can try to maintain the best you can it's not always possible the best you can yeah well um, everything works a little better yeah and too if you start if you get into that cycle of you know sort of putting your head in the sand i'm working on this project you have that issue too of the inconsistency of your brand awareness that you're not people aren't thinking about you because you're not out there in fact we were talking about some of our networking groups and you see people come and go from networking groups sometimes and if someone hasn't been there for two months suddenly you're thinking well maybe they don't need my referral maybe yeah, they're busy either they're not around anymore right. or they're so busy they're not coming to our group so i don't want to send them a referral if they're so busy that they won't be able to take care of you know my friend or my mm -hmm. colleague who's who needs their service it's, you know, it just leaves a lot of unknown things out there. Whereas if you were showing up there weekly, um, everybody would know your name and know your face. Yeah. And Well, and no matter how busy you were. Right. You know, it, even to be able to share that within the group that, oh, gosh, things are going really great. It's good to see yeah. you guys. It's kind of giving me a break from just thinking about this project all the time or these projects all the time. But it's so good to see you. And still get your name out there and the brand awareness. Right. Even if it's one lunch a week where you've got 30 or 40 people seeing you consistently that you probably normally would not otherwise run into on the street, um, especially if you've got your head in the sand and you're, you're hunkered down in the office like we know we tend to do. 
uh, yeah, you definitely wouldn't have any awareness, brand awareness or, you know, anything with those people. So that's huge to keep that consistency going. Mm -hmm. Well, and and we were thinking too along the lines of social media. It's like if you were doing social media for two months and you were out there and you were blogging, you were tweeting, you were on Facebook and going and going and going and then suddenly got busy and stopped for three months, well, you come back to it and a lot of your audience is gone. They're just not, you know, obviously you're not contributing or there's, you've, you've lost interest, so unfriend you, unfollow you, whatever it is, and suddenly you're back there having to reestablish all of that again. Yeah, you lose that credibility. Yeah. Well, even on social media, I mean, if you are sort of absent for a week even, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's literally the pace of a conversation. Yeah. And if you sort of drop off the map, go radio silent for a while, and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you didn't care enough about our relationship to, to stay in touch. Why should I give you much thought at all? Yeah, why it's, should I contribute time towards you at all? Right. Right. Yeah, so you, there is definitely a sense of momentum and mm-hmm. consistency and really just credibility, I think, trust yeah. you know, trust in those relationships. So, yeah, really important if you're online. Yeah, well, and then, too, momentum-wise, there's that expense associated with it. If, if you've gotten away from everything you're doing and suddenly your project ends and you've got to start building your momentum again, well, you're starting from scratch almost, and mm-hmm. there's an expense. If you, instead of trying, trying to budget monthly for what would be a marketing expense, suddenly you don't have any work in the office, and now you've got to budget a larger chunk of what, hopefully, money you have to suddenly start marketing up and ramp up your marketing efforts again. Yeah, whether it's going to more events, or maybe you feel like you have to do a bunch of advertising all at mm-hmm. once, or... Who knows what? I mean, whatever's appropriate in your your business, but still, it's you've got a lot of ground to make up if you haven't been sort of feeding. Um, I don't know what the analogy is. Feeding the beast. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's really I mean, what it is. It's a, it's a marketing beast and a networking beast. You've got to constantly feed it to get that return. Yeah, I think I've heard somebody talk about brand awareness as, as a bucket, and if you can fill your bucket and then keep just a small drip, you know, there's a hole at the bottom of that, and so. You, a little bit drips out every day, but if you can just keep putting a little bit back in to feed it, it stays full and healthy. And, and But if you let it get all the way depleted, think about all that you have to put back in to replace all of that. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Great analogy. Is that like drip marketing? Is drip that, can marketing. I, can I trademark that? Is that trickle-down marketing? Yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and the second thing we wanted to talk about, too, with, with um, keeping your head out of the sand is really knowing when to say no because it's really easy to get into marketing and into business development and find yourself wrapped up in just too much stuff and between work, business development, and what's happening at home, you're suddenly finding you don't have any time probably for what's really happening at home because you've got projects you're working on, you're trying to do all this marketing effort. You have to sleep sometime, you have to eat sometime, and you have to actually see your family at some point. Yeah, something's going to give. Something's going to give. Right. So, you know, knowing when to say no and knowing that you can say no. If, if a happy hour comes up that someone invites you to, think about it. Is it really going to be, are you going to meet some new people? Is it going to interfere with something else on your schedule? I, I discovered last week I had four things scheduled in the same evening. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I wasn't paying attention. And I'm like, 
I can't, there's no, then they're all at the same time. I'm like, uh, that was crazy. I thought it was just women that had trouble saying no to when people ask you to volunteer for something. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> it just happened. Huh? Wow. So, yeah. It just yeah there's happened. always something you can be going to. Yeah. Well, in fact, we had, this was a discussion at one of our networking lunches that if you have an event you're supposed to be going to, but you're really stressed about something else or you're just, your heart's not into it. If you show up, if you go ahead and force yourself to go and you show up and you're just you're just not wanting to be there, it's going to come across. You're not going to do a good job mm -hmm. of representing yourself or your company. That's a pretty critical first impression, especially if it's an event you've not been to before. Yeah. And do you want to risk making a bad impression versus not making an impression at all? On the flip side, if that event is really important, take a few minutes and get your head in the right place because that... You know, if you're going to go ahead and make the time and the effort and spend the gas and all of that to get there, it better be worth something yeah, to you. You better put your effort into right. it. Right. It's not just checking a box. That you actually need to have, actually make a plan and have some goals of what you want to get out of that event. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing about just doing a whole bunch of things without really thinking about is this, am I getting a return on my investment? Is mm -hmm. this getting me further towards the goal that I'm working towards? Right. Um, sometimes quantity is not better than quality. Yeah. Well, I, I think back to when you were first doing a lot of networking. You were trying to find your spot in the networking lunches. Yeah. I think there was one in Addison that you were, you were going to kind of regularly. Mm-hmm. I think it was almost weekly. Yeah. And at some point, I think probably a couple of months in or something, you came back from lunch, that lunch one day, and you're like, you know, I just don't think this is the group for me. It's not – people don't seem invested People don't seem energized about it, and I just can't see going up to Addison every, you know, once yeah, a week for it was, something. it was easily a two-hour round trip, and it lunch was not provided, so I had to grab a bag, you know, brown bag somewhere. So that was another added thing because, of course, I'm always running late mm -hmm. <laughs> so, to get up there and then have to be late for the group or not eat and eat in my car, and that's just not real healthy. And so, yeah, and it was just a lot of gas, too, getting, mm -hmm. going all the way up to tollway and tolls, for that matter, too. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, 3 or $4 round trip in tolls every week. So, yeah, it started to add up, and then the return was not there. So, yeah. And it was a good decision because then I was open to go to a different group that has made a lot better, you know, sense for us. Yeah. So. Well, and, and we were, too, looking back at some of the things that we had thought about doing as as part of our business development efforts and stuff and realizing, okay, there's only enough, so much time in the day, and this is really going to absorb a lot of our time. And actually, one of the things we, we got to thinking about was the podcast, because we're doing audio podcast. And Laura initially came to me and said, let's do a video podcast. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even think you thought about it. Yeah, no, it took like two you seconds to me. You shut me down no, so fast. No, no video podcasting. Don't need, don't need to see my face. Um, <laughs> but the interesting thing was that if we had done the video podcast, tried to squeeze that into everything else we were doing, you know, the learning curve on it was so great. Because we were so new at media in general. Yeah. 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 And honestly, the, we, and I, well, I don't think we had anybody to kind of refer to and, and, help us out with it. The, the audio podcast, the nice part was that I have a friend in New York who does this, and so I could email him and ask him questions and say, what kind of equipment do you use? What's the software you use? All those sorts of things. So it's an easy go-to source to kind of mm -hmm. get into. I can't imagine video editing, and we had to... Uh, well, there's just so much 
more to yeah, it. Yeah, and we do all of this ourselves. So we were not in the position to hire it out to a professional video company that could really help us do it professionally. Mm-hmm. And that was the risk is whatever you put out there is out there. So you want it to represent your company well and be mm-hmm. of whatever quality is satisfactory to you. And, yeah, well, and, so. and satisfactory to everyone else. Then, yeah. And I, I think the thing that really killed it, the video part, was I had been to a networking happy hour and was talking with a guy who does actually designed our architecture happy hour logo. Mm-hmm. And he had been working with some people who were doing video podcasting and he was watching their uploads and he said it was just terrible they they didn't get their speeds right the video was blurry it was i mean just all sorts of terrible terrible things and he said if you don't do it right the first time he goes i mean it's out there and and somebody's got it and it's going to reflect badly so you better make sure it's perfect so somehow the audio podcast just seemed better (laughs) but honestly too time wise i think it was a much much smarter decision because we needed to balance how much we're doing with our marketing. Because I have to go home and edit this. Right. So, and in yeah. fact, I'm editing it tonight because I have to leave for New Orleans on Wednesday. So, <laughs> not a lot of time left. <laughs> so, I'm editing this, and that really does take up time away from home. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you get, just got to kind of balance all of that. Yeah, I think, and it's kind of interesting because once you start putting yourself out there, once you commit to a certain level of marketing, it's been very interesting to me that certain opportunities just kind of start to surface because people Mm -hmm. start to notice Mm -hmm. whether it's more of a kind of business move on their part to offer you an opportunity or it just seems to come about uh, like for example a a radio show that we had um, been talking to one of our networking friends about doing and there were several versions we had entertained and it just never really felt right I mean Mm -hmm. it was one of those things at the end of the day you have to trust your gut and it just didn't it just wasn't coming together like it we felt like either it was going to be too much of a time commitment or that we weren't real sure of the delivery system. One of them was going to be on an AM radio station Mm. and that just, we didn't feel like that was where our audience was going to be. And so you kind of have to weigh different things. And, and if it doesn't feel right at the end of the day, if you can't get excited about it, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to sustain it. And that's the other part of it. You don't want to do something just once. You've got to do it over and over and over again, it's true. Right. I mean, it has to become have, part right. of your strategy. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and it's okay to say no. That's the other thing too. Is as we're getting busier, you know, you don't want to. Work's coming in. You don't want to let opportunities get by you. But you have to realize, yeah, it's okay to say no. Sometimes. It's okay to say no. Yeah, yeah. that's really important. Yeah. If you've got a, a staff that's just dr- being driven crazy because they're all just working furiously. You know, at some point, you've got to say no to something because those people have to have lives too. Or you're going to have. I was talking with somebody last week, and he said the minute things pick up again, that entire firm staff is gone. He said everyone is so miserable right now. Oh no! That if when the jobs start happening, they're just going to start disappearing. Uh oh. Yeah. So you have to know to say no. That, that that's okay. Well, or be able to recognize a good project when it comes in and right. then reevaluate who's doing it. I mean, that's that I would think would be the other thing. Don't turn down work right. if it's right for your firm right? because your staffing's not in place. I mean, there's, yeah, that's I mean, there's, a whole there's, different there's, discussion. There's a whole but, different discussion, but, but again, it's that thing, same thing of being okay to say no. Right. But, you know, recognize that your staff is overworked or recognize that there's too much going on right now and it is okay to say no. Yeah, if the office is full of really right. good projects. Right. 
already, which would be a great problem to have. Would so. be a fantastic problem to have. <laughs> so we hope all of you are there or getting there very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to expand on this quite a bit more come October. We're actually, this is part of a presentation that we're getting ready to do for the Texas Society of Architects Convention here in Dallas in October. So we're going to be expanding on this quite a bit and hopefully have a little more organized thought. We're just sort of, I guess, working our way through it right now. Mm-hmm. But it's something that, as a young firm, that we feel is important. And, and because I think work is starting to pick up, and I think people are starting to realize that, and they have to get it, their head around it again, because it's been really three years since anyone's been really busy, busy. Mm-hmm. So getting your head around that. So we wanted to talk about it. And it's coming, because we're starting mm-hmm. to feel things pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. and. We've talked to more and more people, and they're saying, oh, thank goodness, I've got Mm -hmm. a new project. Mm -hmm. And, of course, as architects, we're happy as clams to be able to do what we're we're trained to do. That's why we are architects. But you still can't, you you know, you can't stop working on the business. Right. You have to realize that you have to keep the momentum going, and you have to keep doing the business development to make yourself successful. Right. Right. So anyway, so if you're in, in Texas, if you're one of our fellow architects and you're coming to the convention, be sure to sign up for our seminar. It's called Balancing Work and Business Development in a Recovering Economy. If not, um, well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have a second uh, seminar that we're doing at the same convention called Raising a Balanced Intern. So if you are a firm owner and you're looking to bring on interns, that would be a great one to sit in on because we're going to mm-hmm. talk about you know, how do you bring in interns and how do you make the most of them, not just for your business, but also what's in their best interests? Right. Because ultimately it serves the firm yeah. as well. So we're excited to be able to share that also. Yeah. Well, and we want to give a thank you to Mike Strogoff and Sam Lazarus at AEC Knowledge. They flew in from San Francisco. And we had our first online presentation videotaped. So we are going to be on the AEC Knowledge website. It's a one hour CEU. And you can log on there and pay for it and see see our shiny, shiny faces. Yeah, if this was the way to do a video podcast, I'm glad this was our first foray into video. Yeah, Yeah, Because they did an amazing job. Did a great job, and we're waiting to see the rough cut. But I told Sam, who does a lot of the editing, I said, just make us look pretty. (laughs) I don't care. Just make us look good. So we'll see how it comes out. But we want to say thanks to them for, for coming out and doing that. It was really exciting and a great opportunity for us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We appreciate them asking. Well, and, and if you follow us on Twitter, you probably saw that we posted. We were interviewed for a blog post on Hinge Marketing um, or by Hinge Marketing. A guy named Sean McVeigh called us up from D.C. and said, hey, I want to find out more about you guys on social media. Yeah, this is, a, this is a great example of you can't stop putting yourself out there when things start to get busy because uh, Sean was actually given my name from somebody on LinkedIn, and then he contacted me on Twitter and said, hey, would you be interested, and, and just kind of started the conversation. So you have to show up if you want stuff to happen. Yeah. Well, and speaking of showing up, Laura did her first presentation for MetroCon. She had a full room, too. I know. It was very exciting. I had a good time. It was all about personal branding and business branding. And your mom. Yes. My mom was able to make a a, a cameo appearance. She came in for literally four days and off of the boat in the Northwest, you know, came stateside for us and 
um, she had a blast. She has never seen me sp- speak publicly like that, and yeah. so I think it was kind of fun. Well, especially after the year, the Christmas that she said, I'm not sure who you are, because <laughs> Laura had changed so much and was really this different kind of person, just growing from doing the networking and the social media and starting to kind of come out of her shell. So it was probably good that she got to see you and see what's, so. see what's come out of it. We also want to welcome, um, we actually have a student, an A&M student, who's starting with us tomorrow. Yes. Figure out what to do with him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but a student from A&M, his name is Chris Tobobbin, and he's going to be with us for the semester. It's his last semester of school, and he's required to do either study abroad or spend a semester with an architecture firm. And he contacted us and interviewed him, seemed like a great guy. He, he had us at, you know, Texas A&M, so since Larry and I are both Aggies, we said absolutely. Sure. We love to support our school, so we're excited to have him here. Yeah, so it's going to be going to be interesting. We'll teach him about all of this. Maybe we'll have him sit in on a podcast. Yeah, And love that. get some other input besides our two dorky voices. <laughs> we'll ha- see what he has to add to it. Um, just from an intern perspective, because yeah. really, it's it's gonna, this is all going to be new to him. Yeah, he's young. He's what twenty five or so. Oh, he's twenty five. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm suddenly a hundred and ten. We again. have the next generation we in have our the next office. Generation in office. It's true. That's true. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, of course you can also follow our antics and what's going on with Chris and stuff on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm sure we'll be tweeting about what's the latest and greatest in the office with with him and what he's learning. We have to figure out how to write a social media policy. Yeah, something This is going to be another new, new thing we have to look yeah. at. Social media policy for the office because yeah. we... Because we know he's on social right. media. we got to give him some guidelines. So, yeah. well, maybe we can report back on that, too. Yeah, so... Of course, you can follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, and you can follow our blog, thearchitecturehappyhour.com. Or if you're in Dallas, you can always come to the Architecture Happy Hour Happy Hour. Yes. So if that's not too many marketing things or business development <laughs> things for you, we don't want to, you know, get anyone overwhelmed, but we do want to keep everyone's head up and out of the sand so that they really are aware of everything that's going on. Well, and we love hearing from our listeners, too. It'd be great yeah. to just drop us a line and uh, tell us what you think. And if you have some ideas for future podcasts, let us know. It'd be great. It'd be excellent. Well, and, and for the September podcast, I will have come back from New Orleans, my second trip this year. So hopefully I'll have some new riveting tales to tell and something that's PG enough that we won't get in trouble. Oh, dear, yes. We want to keep that clean rating <laughs> yes, on iTunes. Clean. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We will talk with everyone again in September, and we hope everyone has a good start to the school year. And enjoy the first college football games. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk to that's, a, that's a national holiday at our house. So well, of course, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, oh, and oh, my gosh. A&M's leaving the Big 12. Officially? Or is it, they're leaving the Big 12 and going to Southwest Conference or something? SEC, SEC Southeast Conference. Southeast Conference, yeah. It was in the paper this morning. It's it's official, so. Oh, my goodness. That ought to be interesting. Oh, what are we going to do? We'll think of something. Yes. But in the meantime, we'll talk with everyone later. Okay. All righty. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.